0: New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, I said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who is taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one, It's a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com/slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
1: The show and our latest batch of listener questions. Today we're asking where Shabby ranks on the legendary player turned coach spectrum. We're asking who is the greatest non-DP in MLS history and we're talking about the players we just don't like. My name's Ryan Bailey joining me to answer these questions and many many more. His first name's Taylor, his second name's Rockwell. It's
0: Taylor Rockwell. Hello, you got both correct. And I hope everyone else gets the non DP question correct because there is one answer and one answer only. And if you don't say it, Uh-oh. then we're fighting. And oh. he's got great hair, doesn't he, Taylor? Yeah, that he does, my friend. Okay, same page. Good stuff, Joe.
1: Good, excellent, good, good. All right, Uh-oh. look forward to that. Uh, Joe Lowry, hello, how are you?
2: <laughs> I am even better now that Graham is <laughs> squirming ahead of that MLS DP <laughs> question, Ryan. Things are great over here. Excellent. <laughs> I
1: think that question depends on into Miami conversations and who is a DP or not, frankly. But Graham Rosen, mm. how are you?
3: Yeah, I am not bad, Ryan Bailey. I mean, Jordy Alba's hair is okay. I wouldn't
0: say he's got great hair. <laughs> there we go. But, um, Graham's on the same yeah, way. But I'm also now, it also now occurs to me that Joe could be talking about two, one of two people, and I know which one I'm talking about with great hair, but I feel like he might be talking about somebody else. We're gonna get. To I, it. We're
2: gonna get. No, to we're it. we're talking about the same person, Taylor, but the other one is also on my list. Okay, we'll get, okay. Yeah, we can we can this leave is, this
3: discussion for. This me. is where we we learn a lot about uh, Joe's taste in haircuts when he says Clint Mathis is uh, <laughs> top of his list.
2: <laughs> Grim, get out of my notes, man. I did not send you that doc. (laughs) Excellent
1: stuff. Patreon.com slash Total Soccer Show if you'd like to support Total Soccer Show. Thank you very much to everybody who does so already. We have bonus videos. Bonus podcasts are on there. Also, greatest of all, access to the Discord where, among other things, we talk about my... (laughs) childhood having a pond <laughs> it's become a whole thing for some reason I don't know why but here we are this is 2024 alright the memes stuff. just
3: keep on coming now we've got an adapted uh, David and <laughs> Victoria <goes> working <laughs> we <do>. class discussion
0: <laughs> tell the truth
2: tell Dr. the truth
0: so many koi <laughs> how many koi yeah that was good that made me laugh I must yeah, I it. think that my was favorite so thing good. is how much Ryan isn't enjoying this
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have some of my uh, my childhood staff read me the memes in the evenings <laughs> occasionally <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash total soccer to join the fun. You called them by their
0: first name and they called you sir, I'm assuming. What? Or well, Mr. Bailey? Lord Bailey whatever <laughs> you prefer.
3: <laughs> he doesn't name. talk to <laughs> them.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> no eye contact, no name, Sailor. That's how we roll. Okay, let's get to the listener questions, So, we? dot show.com slash questions if you would like to submit or do so in the Discord as well. Once again, patreon.com slash totalsoccershow to support us there. Jesse Frankel has been in touch and says, Kingsley Coman has never lost the league, while Harry Kane has never won the league. Which streak breaks first this season with
0: Bayern Munich? I suppose, Taylor, this question is, will Bayern Leverkusen win the Bundesliga and I was leaning away from my mic in hopes that you wouldn't call on me first I don't yeah. know is my answer I really don't I flip-flopped on this like 40 times I landed on I think Harry Kane ends up winning it That that is where I went I hope I am wrong I would love to see somebody else win it I would love Chubby Alonso and Bayer Leverkusen to go the distance maybe I'm just weighing too heavily on the draw from this past weekend Uh but Bayern themselves haven't gotten a loss recently but it, it does feel like we could see Bayern sort of like just turn it on as we've seen them do in the Rekrunda and just grind out the results. I hope I am incorrect. But if push comes to shove, I guess I will back history and say that Harry Kane will win the Bundesliga uh, this season. It depends what aspect of history you're backing. Harry Kane's history or Bayern's, Taylor? Very true. I, uh, I guess I'll back the other 10 players then. How about that? <laughs> Very well. That will be disappointing, Taylor, for by Liverpool, It really will. And they'd... it feels lame to say that, but I think that that's maybe it's like a little attempt at a reverse jinx, and I hope that I'm wrong, yeah. um, but maybe it's also a threat to Xavi Alonso. Like, don't go to Lever- Liverpool, and then we can still be friends again. There you go. Well, that's mm-hmm. going to be
1: the, the bitter pill, isn't it? Uh, Bayern, yeah. Bayern, by the way, we've won the league, and your manager's leaving.
0: Instantly. Oh.
3: It, at least that it, happens every ha- season, though, in the Bundesliga to every other team.
0: Exactly. I was going to say, exactly. <laughs> say, at least at least it's not Bayern taking him this time. Like, that's a positive. They're not just taking their, uh, their also-rans best player, best coach, whatever it is. At least yeah. somebody else would be taking him this time. All right. Uh, Graham, can we congratulate Kingsley Come on, on
1: selecting teams who absolutely dominate in their respective leagues to have won the league every year so far. Um, so this
3: is this is the sort of thing I should have researched before we started recording. His his record goes back to Juventus then as well. Is that correct, or is it just Bar? Right, P- yeah. and yep. PSG, right? Yep. Okay, so yeah, just select the dominant teams in in each league, and you, you'll you'll be good. Um, I hope the Harry Kane streak continues. Um, not because. I have an el feeling towards Harry Kane, but just, you know, funny. There was a scenario, there was a situation <laughs> yeah. where earlier in the season when Spurs were top of the table, and I, oh, please, 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 this would be the funniest thing that has ever happened in football. Is <laughs> he, If he moves to Bayern Munich to win a title and Spurs uh, win the title as soon as he leaves, that doesn't look likely at all now. But uh, to be sincere, yeah, I think Bayern Munich win the title unfortunately just for the sake of variety I'd like Bayer Leverkusen to do it they play each other on February 10th yep so it's not that far away so circle that one in the calendar I think if Leverkusen were to be more than three points ahead after that match I might start to change my mind at that point but uh, everyone's talking about Harry Kane breaking his trophy duck what about Eric Dyer's trophy duck he's got the accent all all he needs now is the is the trophy to complete the set (laughs)
2: It's, I mean, Graham, that game... Is that, that the same? Graham? Is that the set? Those two things.
3: Accent, <laughs> trophy. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Thanks. <laughs> I'm lacking the trophy. I've got a <laughs> Scottish <laughs> accent, no
2: trophy. It, it really will be that game on the 10th that I think is hugely telling here. I remember we did an Eredivisie title prediction in a listener questions oh, episode yeah. so last wrong. year. And so it was wrong. like right before a pivotal game and we all went one way and that game went the other and then we all ended up being wrong. I've got a sinking suspicion that that's going to happen this time around as well. Leverkusen are going to be... You know, Grammy, you said the, the number at five. They could be five points up or, or, you know, even more than that, depending on what happens this weekend. So it, it's not a sure thing. And that game on the 10th will really sway the odds. I went in and looked at what the odds makers had to say about this, because my gut said Bayern Munich, even though they are two points back right now. And clearly everybody else's gut said Bayern Munich and the betting odds would agree with us. So the bookmaker I checked gave Bayern a 62.3% chance to win the title. Leverkusen were down in the 40s. Now there's a hold factored in there, so it's not quite that high for both of those teams, but Bayern probably have a you know, 15, 17, 20% edge on Bayer Leverkusen in, in this title race, which feels about right. I don't think any of us would be surprised if Bayer Leverkusen won this whole thing. on On week one of the season, we would have been surprised. Now, I don't think we would be. But also, none of us would be surprised if Bayern Munich won this whole thing. We'd probably be less surprised if that happens. So I do give the edge to Bayern Munich. I think Harry Kane's streak will be broken, uh, which is a great thing for him and uh, also a great thing for Kingsley Coman. So there, there's good things here for Bayern Munich coming. I think the other down you know, down note for Bayer Leverkusen that we kind of touched on is you know, maybe them getting passed over in the title race, which I think all of us hope doesn't happen, but expect to happen in one way or another. Then Xabi Alonso goes to Liverpool, which feels very, very possible. And then they start getting picked apart. Right, We talked about this with Napoli last year, and it didn't really happen in a weird way with Napoli. Kavaradana, still starting for them. Victor Ostiman, it seems like he is going to be gone by the end of the season, but he has still played out this year, even though the year has not gone for Napoli how they hoped it would have after they lifted, lifted the title last season. I am concerned that Bayer Leverkusen will get slowly dismantled. Florian Wurtz has been a hot prospect for it quite some time now. He has interest from other clubs. You look at some of the members of the back line as well. Kasunu is a super talented player. Like, there are young stars in this team that I'm afraid, including Xabi Alonso, that I'm afraid won't be around for another bite of the apple.
1: Yeah, you only get one shot, as Eminem said in a song once, Joe, after all. There is a scenario where both these streaks get broken in the next two seasons, though, isn't there, Joe? Like, come on, could lose the league this season, and surely Harry Kane's streak as a Bayern Munich player will end at least in the next couple of seasons. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I think, Ryan, that's a pretty safe bet to at least have the Kane one happen in the next two years. I, I don't think anybody could imagine Bayern losing back-to-back titles in the Bundesliga at this point. So if they are not fortunate enough to get it over the line this year, I mean, they'll still be massive favorites when next season kicks off.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Jesse. For your question, we go now to Guy Yedwab, who says, where does Xavi rank so far on the spectrum of recently retired legendary players who now coach on a scale of Pirlo to Zidane? Woo! Uh, <laughs> spicy. It's spicy. I love that from right there. Yeah. Who is close to him on the spectrum? Um, Joe, I would suggest he's closer to Pirlo to than I Zidane. I
2: love this. I love this so much. It's impossible, but I love it. Yeah, all, I, mean, I
0: mean, I mean, specifically saying who's close to him on the spectrum can just go really different ways depending on what we're yeah. talking about. But in this case, it's still a weird question. Let's go.
3: Yeah, and also harsh, slightly harsh on Pirlo, not because he's a good manager, but because this is a world where Frank Lampard exists, Ooh, and or surely Gerrard, he's bottom of the scale, come or Steven Gerrard, yeah. yeah,
0: or Wayne Rooney. Yeah,
2: or it's Rudy not a great list. I think Ryan, you were tossing it to me, I'm just going to come in and say it's not a great list of, of yeah, names. Yeah. What yeah. I will say for Pirlo. Is he was sort of thrust into that job with Juventus, right? Mauricio Sarri is axed, and Pirlo, sort of in the process of moving through the very early stages of his coaching career, was in the UVA you know, youth system, I believe. And ends up leading the first team, and they end up in the Champions League spots, and that he's done in one season. And now he's in the lower divisions in in Italy. Like coaching and, and being a successful coach, you need to be in a situation where two things happen. You need to have a lot of the best players in your competition. And you need to have the trust of your higher up so that you don't get fired before you can do stuff. There are other things you need to be a great coach, but it's really hard to be around long enough in any job if you don't have those two things as a baseline. And the vast majority of these managers have not had those things to the point where it's really hard for me to evaluate who's good at stuff and who's bad at stuff. With that being said, here is an entirely correct, factual, and inarguable list from one to nine of the nine recent players I could think of off the top of my head that are coaching right now. Number one. Here we go. Zidane, not coaching right now. Doesn't matter, number one. Xabi Alonso, (laughs) number two. Xavi. number three. Pirlo, number four. I'm sympathetic to Pirlo and he's handsome. Steven Gerrard, number five. Patrick Vieira, number six. Frank Lampard, number seven. Wayne Rooney, number eight. And Danielle De Rossi, number nine. Because it's too early to tell, although maybe he'll lead Roma to glory. That's my top nine. It's inarguable. Someone else can talk now.
1: I I feel like Danielle De Rossi's got a 100% record as a... (laughs) As a coach, so maybe not for his previous club, but for for Rome. Yeah, not, in the for top the yeah. not for the previous club, he nearly yeah. relegated to the
3: third tier of Italian football.
1: Okay, let's say Serie A, hundred percent record. Can we? Can no, we say that?
2: This yeah. guy writes a newsletter.
0: Um, I, I, I largely <laughs> agree with Joe. Uh, I I think I have uh, Zidane top. Where would Luis Enrique be in this? Does he count as a legendary player? I don't think he counts as recently no. retired. Was
2: he was Joe even born when Luis Enrique retired uh, from football? I was born the, in nineteen sixty five, Graham. I don't know what you're talking he about. Is oh, right, yeah.
0: The oldest on the list, if we include him, the next closest would be Gattuso, who I had on my list at forty six. I think when, when Roy Hodgson
2: retired. Uh, Gattuso, yeah. I'll let you have Enrique yep. retiring okay. in two thousand four, I think.
0: So then that I would honestly then I would have it as Zidane and then Xavi and then Xavi Chavi Alonso just below Xavi that's confusing just because we don't know how the season plays out uh Xavi did win the league did I think manage a situation that was chaos about as well as anyone could um I think Chavi Alonso probably jumps in by the end of the season uh and then I had yeah, Rooney, Lampard, Gerard Pirlo, Rude van Nistelrooy, who I got excited about. To the rest, he walked away before PSV got good. Uh, and then Gattuso and Vincent Company in that list as well.
2: Oh, Company, yeah. Forgot oh, Vincent that. Company, yeah. I made I made a face for listeners. I made a face when Taylor had Shavi above Shabi, which is again really mm-hmm. inconsiderate of these people to be naming their kids so <laughs> so similarly. Um, um, and that's that's because number one, I completely forgot that Barcelona won the title last year because so many things have happened since then. Mm-hmm. I also had Xabi ahead, regardless of what happens to Leverkusen this year. Even though I take your argument, Taylor, just because I think it's so much harder to win the title or to, to even be top for any team in the Bundesliga yeah. not named Bayern Munich. I think it's harder to do that even than it is to win the title as Barcelona right now with the club in chaos. When Real Madrid is is the other obstacle, I think I think the Bundesliga is tougher than that. But I mean, I think your list is good. I, I think there's also a chance to Joe's point that
0: Xabi Alonso is a better overall manager than Xavi, and I think there's a chance that 10 years from now, there's a chance that Xavi Alonso is top of the list. If things go a certain way, let's say he goes to Liverpool, let's say he wins them a title or they win a Champions League. With everything Zidane has done, if Zidane doesn't take more gigs, I think memory of what he did fades a little bit, probably unfairly, Uh, but I think Xavi Alonso is best positioned to be an adaptable manager who can have long-term success. Graham? If we have Zidane on this spectrum, can we have Thierry Henry? Yeah. So
3: he, he was. <laughs> so he was in my. He was MLS so I'll sure. give you my full list, Joe style, from top to bottom. Yes. Zidane. I had Javi Alonso above Javi, to be honest. Although I take the argument with Javi, he won a league title. Um, Olegan or Solskjaer was next. I'm pretty. Uh, I'm sympathetic to Olegan or Solskjaer. Wow. He had two good seasons. He's, in he's, a he's, he's your peer role. love for me, Graham. I like legend. It. Yeah. The legendary. You know, <laughs> I know things <laughs> fell apart. Fell apart dramatically for Solskjaer, but for two seasons, you know there was there was progress yeah <laughs> um uh vincent company gatuso thierry henry Pirlo, and then the list frank lampard wait where was uh, xavi I, on yours he was third after zidane okay. and xavi alonso
2: so i think we all have the same top three so far but just different orders and then everything else basically different after that
0: so are we going to still share company gatuso
2: henry
3: pierlo
0: lampard what okay why why is henry above any of uh, anybody just because I quite like Thierry Henry there it and is. I don't okay. like Frank Lampard. <laughs> he, he has had zero success as a manager,
3: correct? <laughs> well, Mon- Montreal wasn't outrageously bad. I know, obviously, Wilfred Nonsi comes in there and makes him look bad. But if you take his time in charge in isolation, it wasn't
2: horrendous, Joe? This is where you yeah, tell me no, it, I mean, it, it wasn't horrendous, but it also wasn't a success either. I, yeah. I think these lists overall, and I love this question from Guy, because I think it's truly impossible to answer, and that makes it a fun thought exercise. This, this exercise really forces us to think about how difficult it is to evaluate coaches, right? Like finances of a club, timing, rosters, club structure, politics, like all of those things play probably a bigger role in a manager's success and the outcome of their time at a club than their ability. Like that that's unfair, but that is part of this game. It's part of life. Like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer goes into Manchester United... Is not really a success. But we all know that coaching Manchester United is really, really hard because things are chaotic all the time and the squad is not nearly as good as the top teams in the Premier League right now. So he gets on Graham's list a little bit of a bump. I'm sympathetic to Pirlo, so I gave him a little bit of a bump. Uh, Thierry Henry's handsome, so I guess Graham gave him a bump for that too. Like it, it's really, really hard to gauge these things in any like objective, kind of realistic way. Yeah.
3: yeah. And Thierry Henry can also do that eyebrow thing. So right. in the mouth thing. Yeah. I've never seen Frank Lampard do those things. So The mouth thing is
1: when he sort of smiles, Joe, just to clarify. you gave me Oh, with, yeah, okay. With the, like <laughs> the edges of his head, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, Tell boy. us more about the, the time Tyrion we did the mouth thing. with you. Uh, thank
1: you, Guy, for that question. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're talking about the best non-DP player in MLS history. Back shortly.
0: New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, I said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who is taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one it's a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover slash cashback debit, discover bank.
1: Total Soccer Show, welcome back to our listener questions and this particular one from Peter Shark. Do, 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 do. Who is the best non-DP player ever in MLS? Based on those who reach the highest high, even if just for a millisecond, and the best also over a sustained period. There's a part two here who is also the most DPS best player from the pre-DP era as well. Uh Joe, I, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I need clarity on how many DPs Inter we have at uh, any given point before I answer this question they don't I'm, even know
2: might depend yeah. on who you ask there Ryan uh, technically they have three right now uh, who knows if that'll be Busquets, the same as Messi and Suarez, Suarez I'm guessing is no it, is one, it of one of them Suarez isn't one of them is oh. Greg, Gregory at the moment so yeah things oh. are things are spicy right now in Miami I, I think there are acceptable answers that do involve inter-Miami I have an answer that is tied to the Miami fusion although that is not ultimately Ooh. my answer Correct, Taylor should on we say accounts. it together should we say it together who do you want to say it together ever? The best ever. Marco Echeverry. Marco Echeverry. He is absolutely (laughs) on the top of my list. (laughs) And And, like, forget the era stuff, right? Like pre or post DP era. Goalkeepers are kind of in their own bucket. I think you can make a really good argument for Matt Turner or Georgi Petrovic, but that's boring. Um, Marco Echeverry is awesome. He was so much fun. And I think he would still be an elite MLS player if he was in his prime. Today, you see other number 10 creative attacking types who, who sort of play like him. Yeah, it's a little more structured now. But Echeverry was a wizard with DC United. He was a huge part of them being really the first dynasty in Major League Soccer, winning titles in the 90s after the league had just sort of started. He was the, the playmaker for them. He was drifting all over the field, making things happen, scoring some goals as well. I had Carlos Valderrama on my list, and that's the other yes. crazy hair, great hair look that, that was referenced <laughs> and alluded to at the top of the show. He is second. Uh, he was in the league from 98 to, to the early 2000s, I believe and was excellent with the Tampa Bay Mutiny and the Miami Fusion. I don't have him above Echeverry, but both super fun players from the early stages of this league and some of the best ever to do it.
0: A couple things. First of all, Joe, I got so excited to talk about Marco Echeverry. I apologize for not saying it with you at the same time. No, it's fine. Uh, It's fine. It's hard to coordinate these things. That's how much I love Marco Echeverry. That ball had eyes. That's one of my favorite commentary. I knew you were going to say that. I literally wrote that down in my notes that you were going to say that, Taylor. It stands out of my head. It's such a great line because it is exactly how he played. MLS Cup a bunch of times. Support of Shield. uh, CONCACAF Champions League Open Cup. Best 11 four times. Uh, National Soccer Hall of Fame. He is the best. Uh, I love Marco Echeverry so, so much. Honorable mention to Jaime Moreno as well, who had a lot of... Those similar accolades, but I would put Echeverry above him. And I had uh, Carlos Valderrama as my number two on the list, Joe, uh, to go to your point. One question about the question itself was the idea from Peter that it's like, who is the best non-DP in the DP era? And then who is the best non-DP yeah, for that? It. Okay, It's like two separate questions. Because okay. yeah. I did not take it that way. So that's why I have a different answer. So I look forward to Graham's answer as a result.
3: So I went all over the place with this question because there's two uh, sides to it and also because maybe I don't have the knowledge base from MLS uh, 1.0. But to address the first part of the question first, in terms of general standing, this might be a boring answer, in terms of general standing in the game, what they've achieved in uh, soccer as as a whole, Luis Suarez is surely top of the list if he's not a a designated player now. Uh He's one of the best players. I know the season hasn't started. He's technically not played a game yet, but he's one of the best players to have ever ever been signed to an MLS club. And he's not a designated player. And it's a similar story with Jordi Alba. I wouldn't have Jordi Alba on the same. On you go, Taylor. Uh,
0: with Luis Suarez, it's just a rule on the show. I don't know if you got the memo. Uh, you have to refer to him as 2024 MLS Golden Boot winner Luis Suarez. We're just getting that out of ahead course. of time for mm. when it happens.
3: Not not just Golden Boot winner, but did you not, is he not going to break the all-time
0: single-season scoring, single
2: scoring record? I think yeah. I backed
0: off that one a little bit because I got scared. But yeah, <laughs> you don't I'll
2: wanna, go back You to don't want to go with that? I'll All go right, go back you're going it. back yeah. to yeah. it. Okay. Did Let's you get scared because
3: it. you were in a run? Is that the problem for you, Taylor? Miami have scored like one goal in four preseason games uh before the start of the season. I think they scored We're talking three about preseason games. now.
0: Come on. We're talking about preseason. <laughs> you think this team's showing up in shape? Come on, Graham. Come
3: on. Yeah. Well, they certainly haven't done that. So, uh, yeah, that's good. That's good for your prediction. Luis Suarez is on my list. Uh, I struggled a bit with this question because sometimes you'll get a player who does well, but then gets a DP contract further down the line. So someone like Walker Zimmerman at Nashville, for example. So I, I sort of use the MVP award as my lineage. Can anyone guess the last MVP not to be a designated player? It doesn't happen very often. I'll be shocked if anyone guesses what, what Jimmy Conrad.
0: Breck You don't have to Tony go that Mi- far Tony back. Miola? <laughs> That's Breck Shea feels back.
3: similar kind of era. It's not Breck Shea, though. But we're wow. talking like 10 years ago. Um, Anyone know who won MVP in 2013 for the Chicago Fire? Also, also not played Wanda. For the Galaxy. Wanda was my next
2: guess. Mike uh, McGee. Oh, Mike McGee. Wow.
3: Yeah. So I he was the last non-DB. you did really well
0: to try to sound excited about that. Mike <laughs> McGee.
2: <laughs> I remember
3: Mike McGee being like, decent and okay for the us and yeah. galaxy anyway i guess on the basis of my mvp theory he's on he's a nominee for me for me Wanda wasn't a dp for the quakes when he won the mvp uh, the year before he got paid the following year though he got his mm. dp contract after that um i don't believe tyler adams was ever made a dp by the red bulls which isn't too surprising given he wasn't there for long but he was good enough for them to earn a move to leipzig this is recency bias but roman burkey Joe, correct me if I'm incorrect, I don't think he's a DP for St. Louis City and had a very good season last year. And in terms of the pre-DP role player who should have been a DP, Valderama's on my list, Uh, obviously a real icon of the 90s. Preki would be up there as well, an icon of the the first era of of MLS. Alexei, uh, meaning meaning Alexei Lalas, surely deserves a mention. I don't know if American fans truly realize The cut through that Alexei Lalas has as as a player, not so much as a pundit now because he's not on our TVs over here, but ask people to name a US player from the 90s and Alexei's name will come up or they'll be able to describe him with like the iconic red hair from the 1994 World Cup. So maybe he is a a very DP player, pre-DP if that makes any sense. Kobe Jones would be the other kind of US icon from around that time.
0: Uh-huh. Alexi remains a player that like if I talk the guy uh we talked about this in the uh, Afghan show, the guy whose garage I was hanging out in, uh when I said when I mentioned Alexi, he was like, Yeah, I, I know Alexi Lalas. Like he he does have that sort of crossover
1: for crypto I, bros.
0: at least you could put him on that <laughs> list. I also had in terms of uh like before the DP era. Lothar Mateus, even though he does not do well, uh, I think for his playing history, he probably deserves a shout. And Graham, this one feels like a, a, a person who would be a DP, DP player now and would sort of be a bigger deal. Would you count Mo Johnston uh, as being on that list, playing for Celtic, playing for Rangers? He does eventually go on to win MLS Cup, but I feel like so maybe Mo, he deserves a shout as a non-DP so player.
3: So obviously I'm aware Mo Johnston played in America. Is he MLS era? Is he, Mo yeah. Johnston played Well, He, he won, for, won MLS Cup, man. Wow, he played for Kansas City Wizards. Wow, that feels weird because Mo Johnson is 60 years old now. That feels like (laughs) a completely different lifetime. But yeah, Mo Johnson, I guess, you know, one of the most famous Scottish players uh, of all time for some non-footballing reasons. uh, But yeah, he'd be up there.
1: Jumping back to Alexi Lalas, by the way, sorry, Joe, just to just to say that part of the reason for cut through might be that he was in the 1999 movie Switching Goals with Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Uh, There is a very amusing clip out there on the socials, if you care to find it, where uh, the characters are comparing him to Pele very favorably, arguing that he's sort of uh, as good as Pele, if not better, which is very good. Not Very to be good.
3: harsh with Alexei, but is 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 uh, that a joke or is that a no, sincere moment? No, it's in that
1: sincerely film? presented in the movie and in which Alexei is participating. Um, wow. It's, okay, it's good. So it's that good- film
3: was not made by soccer people. Then
1: <laughs> sounds like we need to do a watch along of this movie, is what I'm hearing. We do. Mm,
2: that's not <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking. Actually, <laughs> what you <laughs> just said <laughs> there, Ryan. <laughs> I'll <laughs> admit, <laughs> I, I, uh, I am absolutely not here for for you all claiming players who are not good in Major League Soccer as the best DPS in MLS history or the best non-DPS in MLS history. Um, I don't. I'm not. I'm not hopping on board with that particular train. I think if you're looking at players in the DP era, which is 2007 to present who have been some of the best in the league and have been legendary, truly, with their performances on the field, you're probably tending to look towards more undervalued positions. You don't see designated player fullbacks, really. You don't see designated players in goals, certainly. You don't see designated players often at the base of midfield. I think about someone like Diego Chara, who absolutely belongs mm. in that conversation. Ozzy Alonso as well. Grim, you mentioned Tyler Adams, right? I'm just going for players who were around a bit longer and impacted more teams in more seasons. So my mind sort of drifts there. But uh, there are lots of acceptable players who were who were good in Major League Soccer who could be answers to this. One. Was Diego Dox Chara McCarty? never was he never a DP? I don't I don't know for His sure. His brother I don't got think to be so. a DP
0: and he didn't get to be one.
2: The benefit of being a winger, Taylor. The <laughs> Is benefit that of it being a winger. Wow, <laughs> wow. Oh, he just, was. No, I'm just kidding. I'm wrong about Chara, but you get the idea, right? These sort of scrappy. Um, really impactful base of midfield kind of players. I think yeah. a, there's a number of those that could be long on this list. Dax mm-hmm. McCarty
3: has surely, he's not a DP for Atlanta now, is he surely? I know no, he's no, 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 on in his no, no. Um, so. And he wasn't for Nashville yeah. either, so yeah. Exactly, so maybe he makes that list. Wonderful stuff, uh,
1: Joe. For my own peace of mind, is there a resource you can go to which tells you the current DPS of each team?
0: Is there? Is yeah, it's a called thing?
3: Wikipedia. Wikipedia, and it's, it's good,
0: but it's
2: really good. It's very helpful. some pages don't uh, okay. though.
0: It's, but do you have to, you have to go to there's the like MLS a, there's like a, a whole
2: league wide right one that looks at yeah. every team on the same Wikipedia page? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good to know.
1: Thank you very much. And thank you, Peter, for that question. We go now to Ross King, who says, with the news of Italian soccer fans being rightfully banned from stadiums for racism, I've always wondered, says Ross, how a stadium bans enforced, who is responsible for enforcing them and how effective are they? Now, Taylor, this uh, answer to this will vary region to region but the short answer is it's really hard to enforce and they're not yeah. necessarily enforced very strictly because if you are banned from a stadium certainly uh i was about to say my experience i've not been banned from a stadium but uh sure. the way it would work <laughs> is you can't but your you can't alter buy- ego has. maybe 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 you can't buy tickets from the club you can't buy season tickets but you could in theory be given one they don't you're not id'd in most places majority of places most places where you enter into a stadium the only way you get caught out is if you're recognized if you get arrested again or you know basically security spots you in in most scenarios yep and the problem with the italian soccer uh, situation at the moment is you know there's been this Talk of getting facial recognition recognition technology in to identify (laughs) problematic fans, uh, which is great if they could actually implement it uh, because most clubs don't own their own stadiums. There's a lot of complications to actually getting that installed. And realistically, it's going to be very difficult to do. But it would only really work for identifying problem makers and not necessarily re-identifying banned fans as well. So, Taylor, it's, it's complicated and it's actually surprisingly difficult to enforce.
0: Yes. Next question? <laughs> like, I mean, you pretty much you pretty much answered it. Uh, uh, that that is what I found as well. That and that's why I really enjoyed this question because it's one that you hear about a stadium ban and you're like, all right, well that's sorted. And then I never really yeah. thought much past it. But yeah, to your point, Ryan. It's pretty hard to enforce. Individual clubs, I think, largely are responsible for enforcing it. To my understanding, if a Premier League club bans you, then you are going to be banned from all of the stadiums in the Premier League. Uh, but it is very difficult to actually enforce. You're not using facial recognition, so it's a combination of match day intelligence. Apparently, clubs have intelligence units that are on the on the ball. I doubt, I doubt they do. Not uh, my club. <laughs> exactly. There's, not even, there's no
3: intelligence on the pitch either. Exactly.
0: There we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so then you'll have... Like the employees at the turnstiles might have photos of people who aren't allowed in, but that also feels like they're flipping through the like thing a that liquor store, like through. a but, poster in like- a Western. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I doubt that's happening as much. It does seem, and then checking the names on tickets, as you said, but uh, but you can still find a way through that. So my understanding, the most common way of dealing with it is basically that you issue the the supporter in question a no trespassing notice. It's basically. A version of a restraining order. And then if they are found to have violated that, the punishment is even more severe because now you have a legal protection of them entering a facility. They have done it anyway, so now they are guilty of like trespassing at a minimum. And so I think it's the threat of the additional fines, additional charges that is meant to be a preventative thing to keep people away. But again if you've got 60, 70, 80,000 people in a stadium, as long as that person isn't making a public scene, I think it's going to be harder for them to attract attention and get thrown out. So it's, it is a thing where you are sort of basically just running the risk of being in violation. But I don't think it's going to be a, you know, a future police minority reporter out there, uh, surfing the crowd trying to find you yeah. sort of situation. Yeah, and I will add on on the Italian side of things, I did mention that that you don't
1: get ID'd at the majority of games to their, uh, or I suppose it's to their credit. uh, It is also to their unwavering commitment to bureaucracy. You are ID'd at many Italian stadiums as you go. And you need your, you need your like to go to Olympico. You need your license and they cross-reference it with your ticket um, Mm. to get in. Uh, But I mean, if you were being inventive, I'm sure there are ways around such situations. McLovin.
3: uh... Sure, in you go.
1: (laughs) There we go, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Graham, anything to add on on this one? I I imagine we've covered most of the... Yeah,
3: we've covered the the bulk of it. I found an article from Sky Sports that details how clubs enforce stadium bans, so... I'll read a couple sections out of that quickly. There are several methods include, uh, involved, including intelligence on the ground, cross re- cross-reference on names on tickets. Uh, basically, the thing that we haven't mentioned so far that they go on to detail is, basically, there's a big old Premier League database of banned fans that's shared between the, the clubs. And for the most part, it's a collaboration between the clubs, the leagues, and the national associations. Those are the ones that enforce banning orders. And then in certain instances... Really, only extreme cases um, you would have the you know you'd have law enforcement, you'd have the police or courts being brought in, but it's a bit of a collaborative process. It's a bit like playing whack a mole, and doesn't seem very scientific at all. So, agree with yeah. everything that's been said.
1: Yeah, and I suppose in in the UK context as well, Graham, the most CCTV'd country in the world, essentially. Um, if you are the sort of person who's being banned from a stadium, they're probably watching you going in, in and out as well. So, you know, Big Brother's exactly. there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Joe, have been banned from a stadium?
0: Not yet. There's still time.
1: Okay. I <laughs> hope hopefully you're there. Has anyone
0: okay. ever been thrown out of a stadium or an event? Graham? <laughs> uh, Dumbarton
3: many there times last season, but not through my behavior ah. just because they kept postponing that match. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, I hope my brother doesn't mind me telling this story, but yes. uh, he flew to New York to watch Oasis play at Madison Square Garden and was thrown out before they came on. Inebriation? Yep, that'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wonderful stuff. Um, Anyway, thank you very much, Ross, for that question. Uh, Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about players we dislike. Back shortly.
0: This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who would like to remind you when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. You don't want to end up with Ryan, Graham and Joe. Just kidding.
1: Total Soccer Show, welcome back to our listener questions. Jory K has been in touch and who says, Ryan strongly dislikes Chiellini and Werner. Hmm. Who are some players you guys just dislike, whether for style of play, what they did to your countrymen, or just seem to have the last name Werner? I'd like to clarify something, <laughs> uh, Jory, for the start of this question. I don't dislike Timo Verner. I you think hate he's. Him. I think he's like. Re, I, like you watched like some of the videos he's done on YouTube and stuff. He's actually very funny. He seems like a really nice guy. I just don't think he's very good at soccer. Whereas Giorgio Chiellini, <laughs> don't like that guy. I'll, I'll happily admit that. You we still got to get that
2: cameo for Chiellini to Ryan for his next birthday. Oh. You get no, him. let's not
1: do that. Let's oh. not do that. Uh, if you're listening, Giorgio, don't waste your time with that. Um, I, I will say, Graham. I am, I, my my sense of justice in the world bends toward players who I feel commit injustice on the field. So it's Giorgio Chiellini, and probably the other candidate I'd say for players I don't like is someone like Luis Suarez. Someone who I feel actively cheats in the game is someone who I don't appreciate. So, so that, you know, there's some players where it's not the win at all costs, like we've seen Luis Suarez, not just with the biting, but with the handball and the line and all that. I've got no time for that. So those are the ones I strongly dislike, I would say.
3: Okay, so I... Um, drew the lines at kind of football reasons, which there's a great area with what you're saying there, Ryan. I don't mm-hmm. accept that. And obviously not a fan of cheating in sport either. Um, I guess I could draw many players in that I don't, that I dislike for non football reasons, but that feels like that could get quite dark quite quickly. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to focus on players that I just don't like really in a football sense. Uh, Eric Garcia might be top of my list I wouldn't say I necessarily dislike him but he certainly confuses me I think he's a player with flaws in a number of different ways and so the career that he has had is confusing to me he's played for Man City and then Barcelona and he was a first team for Spain and I just didn't really get it uh, to be fair he's now been shipped out on loan to Girona who are now top of the league in Spain so what do I know Maybe sounds it's like a you're the player. problem Graham it does sound like I'm the problem actually the facts are piling up against me <laughs> uh, another player i just don't understand is axel witzel um what is he meant to be good at he's not someone who dictates possess dictates possession or he doesn't do it very well he's not a box crasher he's now playing as a center back for atletico madrid but i wouldn't say that's a natural fit for him either so similar to garcia not that i dislike him i just i don't really understand the career he's had um two players that i do kind of dislike for scotland chris martin not That one, another Chris Martin, although I'm not a big fan of that one either. But Gordon Strachan inexplicably um, favoured Chris Martin over Lee Griffiths for a long while, despite the fact uh, Chris Martin was a big lump who couldn't hold the ball up, was slow, didn't score many goals, didn't seem to be very interested in playing for Scotland. Uh, So that's a common one for Scotland fans. Uh, Ollie McBurney makes the list as well. So he was caught on video one time saying to... His Sheffield United teammates, oh, I'm having to go up to Scotland, yeah, no, I don't, I wish I didn't have to do it. He's never been called up again, and we qualified for back-to-back Euros, so we're doing okay without you, Oli McBurney. And finally, Gareth Bale, not for Real Madrid, just for Wales. For starters, I'm I'm still bitter about Wales making the Euro 2016 semi-finals on the back of Bale being one of the best in the world at the time. It is unfair that Wales, a country that likes rugby more than football has had not one, but two elite-level wingers in back-to-back generations. I'm very bitter about it, and Bale always <laughs> scored against Scotland. He ended one qualification campaign for us. He got Wales to the last World Cup when we were definitely better than Wales. For real, Madrid, seemed like a cool guy, but for Wales, he can, uh, I don't know, he can get in the sea. Wow.
1: Tell us how you really feel, Graham. Amazing. Good <laughs> stuff. Uh, Joe, any players you were willing to put on, uh, put on reprimand here that you dislike?
2: Yeah, I don't I don't feel super passionate about a lot of players, I think, in the way that, that Ryan, you do, especially when it comes to Giorgio Chiellini. I do have a few nominations. Guillermo Ochoa is on the list, just because it feels like he is frustratingly effective for Mexico in the moments where um, maybe some of us would prefer that he he wouldn't be. And so that, that does quite irk me. Diego Lainez, as well, has just sort of always rubbed me the wrong way for Mexico. I think still is a super talented player. Uh, I, I like what he brings on the wing in a lot of moments, but... Um, I I don't love that. Uh, Dixon Arroyo is a name that I'm guessing no one on this show knows, except for me, was part of Inter-Miami's team last year. And I I just got so frustrated watching him for Miami because it felt like every time the ball would touch his foot, Miami lost possession, and then you'd see them miss out on opportunities to give the ball to Messi and Busquets and Alba and their actual good technical soccer players. And so he just stood out like a sore thumb to me and, and quickly became my least favorite player in that entire squad. There's are some players that I, I dislike the hype around them, but like I don't know, Ryan. You kind of got to names? some of the distinctions earlier. What are your names. Brendan Aronson. I don't. I, I've never understood yeah, it with Brendan Aronson. <laughs> I certainly don't understand it now, and I think everybody has sort of caught up on, on some of that stuff given that he's not playing in the bundesliga right now but it's it's nothing against brendan aronson as a as a person or anything along so those it's lines
0: fine just, for it's five it's giorena but not if it's brendan aronson just want to be clear there on, on the not playing taylor, the difference is the uh-huh. difference is
2: giorena is good at soccer <laughs> and brendan aronson is is not very good at soccer um <laughs> that's how i would sort of uh, draw the line between those two things all
0: right taylor what are you feeling? I, I kind of wish Joe had just, like, like against character come out and like, here are the people I hate. And then it was, like, a 26-player <laughs> list. Fortunately, it wasn't. Ryan Bailey, people. Graham yeah. Rutland, oh. Taylor Rottwell, Yeah. In that order, I'll take that. Uh, yeah, in terms of I, – I, in thinking about this, I think there was a period of time in my fandom when I, like, definitely had players I didn't like. Like, I did not like John Terry. I did not like Frank Lampard. I really did not like Javier Mascherano or Steven Gerrard. But I think that was all, like – fandom bias, I have less of that these days. I think on-field stuff, um, two that annoy me, Mesut Ozil and Aiden Hazar in recent memory. It, it, players that like clearly just didn't really want to do it, didn't really care, kind of wanted to do their own thing. Uh, I don't really love Mesut Ozil's politics either, but uh, that's beside the point. So I think any player that just feels sort of like they're not really pushing themselves, they're not really trying, when it becomes that public, it, it's going to frustrate me. Uh, I will forever... Uh, have negative feelings towards Nigel de Jong and to a lesser extent Johnny Evans for basically ruining St- Stu Holden's career. Uh, he has scars on his knee that he has named after the players because they are responsible for his respective knee injuries. Was
3: Johnny Evans responsible for one of those injuries. Yes, he, I don't think he's I knew that. For Northern he Ireland, seems like
0: I such a nice guy. Maybe that was playing for Man United I think in a cup game potentially, but yeah. No, I mean and it wasn't like a vicious one, it was just like went in hard uh, and ruined his knee. Um a maybe more controversial one. I've never been that big of a Zlatan fan, even though he played for Manchester oh, United. Oh, yeah, he's he, on my list. He, he, I just, <laughs> I like, he's good, don't get me wrong. But the amount of hype he gets and has continued to get is where I sort of draw the line. Like, I I, I think he's, he has had moments of incredible athleticism and ability. I think also he's had spectacular falling outs and seems to be kind of an, uh, a prima donna of sorts. So he's not my favorite. And along those lines, Marcus Rashford is moving into that territory. I feel like Uh-oh. for the way he plays, it's a lot of head down. It's a lot of shooting when he shouldn't be shooting. It's a lot of individual dribbling. And then some of the off-field stuff more recently. Uh, I don't strongly dislike him, but I am definitely not his biggest fan uh, these days.
3: Just going back to Zlatan, Taylor, it's the, it's the whole Chuck Norris Yes, yes. from Zlatan exactly. that has turned exactly. me off. And I'm like, dude, you're 42 years old. You've got four children.
0: Behavi- behave yeah. like it. Like and It's just so It's so tiring. It's dude, going on too long. Graham, that is well said. Because even Chuck Norris will sort of like lean into the Chuck Norris jokes, and he'll make them about himself. But you always get the impression, and again, he is not my favorite person, uh, but... I do get the impression that he is sort of doing it like, "Ha, huh, this is kind of a funny thing that people are doing. Whereas Latan seems to be like, yes, this is an accurate depiction. This is who I am. I, I the, the the earth does tremble before me. The waters do part for me. Like It's just that level of arrogance, which I'm sure is a little bit of a character, more so than who he actually is. Uh, but I, I will say that the one time I was at a game uh, that he was at was the MLS All-Star game, where he played what he was contractually obligated to play, uh, subbed off and immediately left and did not did not stick around for anything. Did not want to be involved in anything. <laughs> wanted no part of anything having to do with any sort of MLS celebration. Wow, fair enough.
1: All right, just, just to reiterate, my 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 dislike players are due to my honor code, uh, whatever it is, and for cheating incidents on the field. That's why is there. That's why Luis
0: Suarez is there. Sorry, I when when did Keolini
2: cheat on the field, Ryan? What was that? What was that situation?
0: Don't want to talk about it i mean and um, also suarez just like he he was correctly punished for a handball like i get what you mean uh, the fact that no one has mentioned racism with louis suarez is probably the uh yeah. the major mark against him uh but then also yes the biting as well he's Messi's
2: friend taylor it's fine Wait, everything's Ru- cool there's no issues <laughs>
0: there with louis suarez no. it does Sorry. beg the question though ryan when suarez bit Chiellini, who who are you pulling for there chelini <laughs> wasn't on my on my poop list at
1: that point taylor okay. he, he hadn't cheated on the field at that point he was fine. again
2: chelini did not cheat on the field listeners just for all those who are out there to to make that clear
1: <laughs> joe's made my list uh, yes, Joe. by the way there's another joe i'll add for non-cheating reasons there's another sure. joe i'll add onto my list joey barton uh, just because he's the worst oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah there's
2: there's um, all sorts of that category that i didn't i yeah, think graham was sort of with me on that like didn't yeah. end up getting included uh, yeah. Ronaldo would absolutely be at the top of of any of these discussions for me at the moment. There's like yeah. there's a lot of those, but I was I was trying to steer towards the soccer yeah. side. Joe, a little bit. I, I strayed away from uh, that kind of category. Ryan, I was convinced you were just going
3: to read out the full <laughs> MK Dons starting lineup: <laughs> Joseph Tomlinson, Traders, Alex Gibley, trader, Max Dean. Trader. just go through eleven players. That would um, imply
0: yeah. I acknowledge their existence. Um, Joe <laughs> Joe mentioned Uh Uh Ochoa and Diego Lenz, and I think that's a really interesting one because for I I I went through the whole Mexico team and it, and it really just remains Rafa Marquez. I I still do not like Rafa Marquez. I think he he was the most inclined to be a dirty player when the situation allowed for it. Uh and I will and just those moments of little punches, little kicks, little hits, they annoy me more than anything else. I have a begrudging respect for a lot of the current Mexico team including Guillermo Ochoa. And I wanted to put somebody from Canada on the list, but that feels like kicking them when they're down. So, uh not yet Canada, but maybe one day. No one dislikes Canadians, Taylor. What
1: are you talking about, man? Come on. Mike Myers? (laughs) Mike Myers. Okay, I liked Wayne's work. Let's move on. Uh, Joey K. thank you very much for your question. Brian Avery has one here, our final one of this episode. What is something a player or manager once said at a press event, post-match or otherwise, that still makes you laugh whenever you remember it? Joe's already laughing just thinking of his, uh, his nominees here. Joe, what you got?
2: So the, the top answer on my list is not a verbal thing, so I know it doesn't answer Brian's question. Maybe my favorite press moment of all time is Vampire J. Wow Cancelo. I cannot stop thinking about this moment <laughs> since it happened. It was that earlier this year, right? It was after he yeah, scored yeah. A, a winner against Celta Vigo in La Liga. He comes out, and, and just watch the video, folks. I know this is not the most helpful thing to do on an on a audio medium. You will not regret spending 12 seconds of your life doing this. J. Wow Cancelo, Ryan's trying to do it right now for all of us. He just turns into <laughs> a vampire. His eyes get so wide. It's so funny. I love that clip more than I love most things involved with this sport, um, I also like Pep Guardiola calling Kyle Walker a dum-dum um, in basically yeah. those words. That's towards the top of my list as well, but nothing, and I mean nothing, will top Jay wow Kinsella. Wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, Graham, what you got?
2: Okay,
3: so Levan van Hal produced a few Ooh, yeah. press conference gems oh, yeah. during his time at My United. But Shit my favorite magicisms. one, yeah, that was a good one. But my favorite <laughs> one along similar lines was when he said he wanted his players to be yep. uh, more, quote, horny. And Juan Mata was sitting next to him, couldn't stop himself laughing, and Van Hal sort of checked with Mata. Am I using the, the right word? I think the, the word he was looking for was passion, but I'll, uh, it got lost in translation a little bit, and I'll, I'll always remember that one. And then, has anyone seen Wayne Rooney really talking about training with the Everton senior squad for the first time in his career? Has anyone seen that clip? Uh-huh. No. no. So I will, uh, I'll put it in the discord and I'll send it to you guys. But it was on like an Everton fans YouTube channel or something a few years ago, fairly recently, like two or three years ago. But he's talking about breaking through and keep in mind that he's an Everton, a uh, boyhood Everton fan. He's talking about playing with his heroes and it's just funny how quickly the story changes. It doesn't go in the way that you expect it. So this is the, qu- uh, the quote. It's mad how quickly it changed for me. For me to go in with Duncan Ferguson, Alan Stubbs, all of them who I grew up watching to then go and play with them, train with train with them every day, and um, so quickly I remember thinking, these guys are crap, <laughs> which is just the <laughs> the ending of that story. The thing is, compared to Rooney, really, they were crap. All those players, but it just doesn't go the
0: way that you yeah. th- you expect it. Um, but yeah, it's that the, one sticks in the mind. It's the Goodwill Hunting scene when he's like yelling at the teacher. Do you know how easy this is for me? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's similar vibes there. That's a good one. Uh, I have two from Alex Ferguson. Uh, the first one, when an Italian tells me it's pasta on the plate, I check out of the sauce to make sure, which is a quote that I like always thought was funny but never fully got until I realized that he is speaking specifically about mind games and how Italian managers are masters of the mind games. So it's not like Italians cheat or Italians are always complaining. It's more so that he had been dealing with so many mind games ahead of the knockout round against, I believe, Juve, that that's what he was going with. Similarly, uh after losing to Barcelona, I think in 2011, in the Champions League final, uh, a reporter stands up. Which Ryan? Did you annoy Sir Alex Ferguson at one point? I know I did. did no. Okay. Who did you annoy? Which manager did you? Annoy? Oh, how long it got? Okay. I don't know. Well, I just there, <laughs> there was a the the voice that asked this was somewhat familiar, and for a moment I was like, "Oh God, is this Ryan asking this question?" But it was not. So that's good. <laughs> uh, the question was, Sir Alex, if the owners of Manchester United gave you a blank check to sign anyone from that Barcelona team tonight, who would it be? And the obvious goal there was for him to say Messi. Uh, so that, number one, they can write stories about how Sir Alex Ferguson loves Messi, but also so that then they could distort that into a Sir Alex Ferguson issues get me messy or we can't win demand or something like that. And he looks at the reporter for like long enough for it to get quiet and uncomfortable. And he says, that's one of the stupidest questions I've ever heard. Mascherano. And then everyone laughs (laughs) uh, because he doesn't give him the answer he wanted. And then as everyone laughs, he's still smiling, stares directly at the guy and says you're testing my patience. And that and he Ooh. says it in such a like friendly but scathing and I want to fight you outside sort of way that it just makes me laugh for how much he handled the question, handled the nuances of what was being asked, still produced a funny answer and was threatening all at once. It's it's a uh, it's a consummate performance from that manager that makes yeah. me chuckle. He's the master. Very well done. I'm, I'm glad you thought that might have been me, Taylor, but it wasn't. <laughs> um,
1: my, fa- my favorite of the uh, Alex Ferguson genre is uh, Real Madrid, I wouldn't sell them a virus. Yeah. A couple of weeks later. Ronaldo, record, well by record transfer to Real Madrid.
3: It's also, a, it's even before then, did Manchester United not sell yeah. Van Nistelrooy yeah. to Real Madrid? Like, there was a bit of traffic between as yeah. well. I mean, if you want to yeah.
0: go way back, like, I believe I'm correct in saying that Real Madrid loaned Manchester United many, many players after the Munich air disaster so that they could still basically right. play a team. And since then, there has been a historic connection and, if anything, friendship between Real Madrid and Manchester United. Yeah. So maybe that was just Fergie in his feelings on the day.
1: Maybe so. Uh, A couple of nominations from me. Both are a bit sweary, so I'll censor them as much as possible. Uh, The classic of the genre of a press conference for me is Newcastle United, Joe Kinnear in October 2008. Uh, Joe, if this is beyond your uh, remit of responsibility of uh, looking at press conference events, he said the C-bomb and the F-bomb a total of 52 times. I think it was Simon Bird, the mirror journalist. He says, are you Simon Bird? Yes, I am. You're a C-word. Uh, and then he just, he just going, <laughs> go, goes on and on and on to this guy about something he had written. Uh, and just every other word is a swear word. And it's it's this sort of quiet fury that Kaneer yeah. continues with. It gets less and less quiet as he goes on.
0: It's great. It's very, very entertaining indeed. <laughs> the, uh, the, the quiet, the quiet rage is, is really a wonderful aspect of a manager. You do sort of need that, I think, both to motivate the squad and also to keep those journalists in line. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the other one, slightly an
1: equally annoyed manager, but a slightly funnier clip. Uh, I'll, I'll count this as a press event. He was being interviewed on TV. Harry Redknapp at Portsmouth training. I think maybe we've seen the clip where he gets hit by the a ball in the back of the head while he's talking to the camera. <laughs> And he tries to continue the interview and answer the interviewer's questions, but he can't shake this rage that's building that someone's hit him with the ball. (laughs) He keeps like, who was that? He turns around and he finds out who it was. No wonder he's in the effing reserves. And like just keeps, (laughs) he keeps interrupting his own answer to turn back and shout at this player who's kicked the ball at him. It is very, very good television indeed. So those are my two nominees.
3: I remember that one, Ryan the Red. I remember both of those, actually. Um, one further nomination from me, it's just a direct quote from David Beckham. I definitely want Brooklyn to be christened, but I don't know into what religion yet. Mm-hmm. Classic. <laughs> Classic nice.
2: David Beckham.
1: Nice. That's like the, the French don't have a word for entrepreneur levels of uh, quotations <laughs> <laughs> there. Very good indeed. <laughs> oh, All wow, right. That's right. a
2: new one for me. I, lo- I love that. That was,
1: that was GW, right? Wasn't it? I think I believe uh, Mr. Bush said that at some point. Maybe wow. I'm not. Wow, yeah, I'm just shocked no possible.
2: Jack Rielich moment's made it onto our, any of our nominees. But
1: Oh, bless him. Bless him indeed. Uh, thank you very much, Brian, for that question. Let us know if there are any other uh, player or manager press events that make you laugh in the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Total Soccer Show. But for now, Taylor Rockwell, thank you very much for listener questioning with us. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much, Graham Ruddman.
3: Thank you, Ryan Bailey.
1: Thank you very much, Joe Larry. Thanks, Ryan. And listener, thank you the most is for joining us on the feed. We'll be back very shortly, but for now, bye.
2: Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events.